Hey, mom friends, sometimes the confidence boost we need before heading into our own birth is hearing from someone who is just like us, been in the same position, or has done what we are about to do. In today's episode, I have the honor of sitting down with a good friend of mine, like a sister from another mister type of friend, (laughs) Casey Willingham, and we are going to hear her birth story and how through them she has become someone who is active in her and her family's informed decision-making process. But as she explains, she did not start off her motherhood journey like that. Casey was your everyday first-time mom at her first birth. And as you will hear, sometimes going in knowing the main plan and being educated on that, as well as knowing the backup plan and being educated on that, can be so beneficial for birth. Casey Willingham is a wife of a cowboy, three-time cesarean mom, homeschool veteran, and a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. When she is not busy doing mom and farm life, her passion is to work with women like you and I to empower us to step into our healthiest and most vital self by simplifying wellness and restoring our metabolisms through real life, sustainable nutrition, and lifestyle. I hope you step away from this episode feeling super encouraged by her birth stories. Let's get inside. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected C-section, a few home births, and now I am a birth advocate, childbirth educator, and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all, motherhood. Do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix? Are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident, educated, and bold? In this podcast, you will begin to understand, find support, and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants because, sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. All right, everybody. I'm so excited because today I have a very special guest on and she is one of my dearest friends, but most importantly, she just has so much information for moms, for women. I mean, this girl is like jam packed with like info that is so helpful and she's just amazing. So her name is Casey Willingham. Say hi, Casey. Hey y'all. How's it going? (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about you, you, what you do personally, um, not, you know, obviously in your personal to personal business, but you know, professionally just kind of where you come from. So that way we can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I am a mom of three. Um, I, my, let's see, I've got an 11 year old daughter, a six year old daughter and a four year old son. And I homeschool them. Um, we live on a farm here in Texas and, um, yeah, we run a few businesses from our home, I guess by profession, I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And so I love to be able to support women, um, through their health journey and, and really just, um, yeah, empower them very kindred spirits with Amanda and just, um, 
her love for being able to come alongside moms and women and support them and love on them. Um, so yeah, that, that is kind of in a nutshell, uh, what I do and, um, yeah, it's a very full life and, but we love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah. She's got like the coolest farm ever guys. I mean, she's got (laughs) like these cool goats and all these horses. I mean, they're living it out. And I remember when you first started the farm life and this, like what you guys have right now was like a dream for you. Like, I remember talking to you and you're like, my dream one day is to have like a little farm here on my, on our property. And just to see that that's like something you're currently doing right now is amazing. So it's, it's fun to see your little farm stuff going on there. And then as well as too, I just feel like as many times as we have talked and as many times as we've talked about motherhood, because we've talked about motherhood so many times, not just on the basis of like, you know, from a research perspective, just more of like a personal perspective of what, you know, you go through what I go through and how many times you and I both separately have come across moms who are just struggling with the same thing. And they kind of just don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. And they're kind of driving themselves insane because they're just going from one one thing to the next. And it's because of all these, you know, there's so much information out there for moms, but what's hard is because it's like, just when you try one thing, somebody else is like, well, did you try this? And you're kind of like, well, no, I did not. And so you have moms who are running around frantically, just trying to figure out what's best for them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes one thing works for one person, but doesn't. But at the same time, it's like, I think what's the root of a lot of the franticness is not being moms feeling not like they can't provide a solution for their family. They kind of feel stuck and they kind of feel like, well, this is just life and this is just normal the way that things are. But it's like, there is a solution out there. Unfortunately, it might take a little bit of time to find what that is, but just being consistent in that, but also just having people who can support them in that instead of like, telling them like, keep running, like, here's a cup of water, just keep going, you know, like they're not really there to support them. And so um, I think support is a huge thing. And what I like about what you do too, just professionally is the support that you provide. I mean, it's not just this overnight one and done type of formula that you do provide for moms and for women in general. And what I do and what you do kind of do come together a lot because we see moms who are coming off of postpartum who are just not feeling like themselves or women who are trying to become moms either the first time or again. And they just have all these health issues that are happening that where you come in and you're like, Hey, here's the support for you to be able to move on to the, into this next phase and to be able to maintain that. So I think that's great. And I love the service that you provide for moms. And so what I'm genuinely, I want you to have come on again <laughs> to talk <laughs> about all of that stuff. But today I want to actually ask you about, tell a little bit about your birth stories. Cause I know that you and I've shared a little bit in between out of the years that we've known each other, but, um, I want to know, tell me your birth story with your first daughter and then your second daughter, because I'm <laughs> sure when you went in, it was not what you had planned at all. (laughs) So I want you to tell that story and just share with moms 
all of that. Cause I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like, yes, girl, like I am with you on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, oh man. Um, let's see. So Landry, my oldest is 11 and I'm like, I don't even know how I have an 11 year old, but here we are. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So 11 years ago, 12 years ago, um, when all of this kind of came to be, um, let's see, I had zero, (laughs) zero idea of what in the world I was doing or was getting myself into. I did zero education, um, (laughs) prior to having my daughter. Um, I really honestly just had pictured in my mind that like, you go into labor, you go straight to the hospital and like, you have the kid and all is great, you know? Um, but like zero idea of what to expect, like fully not equipped. Um, and I remember we had just moved, um, from our little small college town where my husband and I met, we just moved to Houston. So pretty significant culture shock when we moved there, I had actually started out, with an OB here in our small town. And then when we decided to move, um, I had to find a new doctor when we moved to Houston. Um, so found a doctor. Um, we, I remember, uh, I'm very much type a, a planner, like, like to know what's going to happen. And so I was terrified to (laughs) know, know, like, I don't know when I'm going to have this kid. I don't know what to expect. And I remember um, when we when we switched doctors, uh, as we were kind of approaching due date, he had actually told me like, hey, um, you know, we could go ahead and set a date to induce you, um, you know. To My wear- alarms are like going off right now. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, yeah, well, I, honestly, like knowing what I know now there's so much, and we can talk about it later. Just so much of like what I wish I would have known now, you know, then, but, um, yeah, I remember him saying like, we can go ahead and set a date and go ahead and induce you and then just see what happens. And so, and in my, you know, planner mine, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want because I know exactly when I'm going in and like, so that part was appealing to me. Um, Girl, the only thing you're going to see is my, my checkbook coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. that's what you're going to see. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, so I chose to do that. I, but the, the deal is, is I really didn't know that there was any other, I just didn't know anything. I didn't know what my options were. I had zero um, education surrounding anything. So for me, it was like, okay, I know I can plan this. I know I can go in and do this. Um, so we did, we went in, um, they put me on Pitocin, like started the whole process, uh, 24 hours later, literally nothing happened, no dilation, no nothing. Um, and I remember them coming in that evening and saying, okay, like we've had no, no dilation or anything. And so what we can do is we'll go ahead and take you off of Pitocin. We'll insert a Cervidil. You guys can stay overnight. We'll hopefully do some progression by the, the morning and, and see how it goes. So we did that. I remember, um, like having some contractions that night. Um, and then the following morning, I think I'd pretty much dilated to a one was all it was. And, 
So, <laughs> yeah, they took, they took the cervidil out and they said, okay, well, because you have dilated to a one, um, we'll bring the doctor in and he can actually break your water and we'll rush this. Which is like another, like beat, I'll beat, I'll beat in my mind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So did that, um, labored all day long. Um, by that evening, we're talking like 11 o'clock at night. I had only got to a seven and I was so incredibly exhausted. I'd been puking the entire time like hooked up to all the things. Um, and I remember him coming in and saying, okay, like you sure have worked hard. You know, this is mind you, we're almost 48 hours into this deal. You've worked really hard and you know, you could, we could try for another hour, but she has been sitting in your pelvis for a very long time. And we really just, we need to go ahead and look into doing a C-section and getting her out. And I remember in that moment, like being terrified, but also just like, I was so exhausted. I'm like, get this thing out of me. And so we did the C-section. Um, and uh, it, it, it was chaos. <laughs> so I, I just remember, um, you know, after she was born, the recovery was tough. Um, she came out, bless her heart with a like major cone head and like, so incredibly purple and stressed. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with my baby? Like, is she going to look like this forever? Um, it was, it was rough. Um, and so, yeah, that is pretty much the birth process with my first daughter. Um, I, I, you know, looking back now, there's definitely plenty that I wish that I would have done differently. Um, for sure. Like I never would have gone in to be induced early. Like there's all the things, um, that I wish I would have done differently, but, um, yeah, so that was, that was my, my first experience there <laughs> with, with my so oldest. When you, when you talk about being like, not educated, do you, did you read any books during your pregnancy? Like, did you have some type of idea of like, oh, this is what we're going to, this is how it's going to look like if I go in and do this, or if I go into labor like this, did you read any books or were you taught anything like, as far as like from your mom, from other people, like, just, just so you know, this is what you should expect. Did you have any of that during your first pregnancy before going in? Well, no, I remember when we like registered with the hospital, um, they're like, well, here's some online education classes that you could, you know, look into and that you should do. Um, so we're talking like, I briefly went through some of those, like briefly went through breastfeeding. That's like a whole nother topic. Like, I just thought you put your kid on your boob and like they nurse and you're fine. And like, that just wasn't the case for me. We struggled so much with breastfeeding, but again, like I, I had no education surrounding it. Like I didn't try to work with a lactation consultant. I didn't anything like that. Um, I think the extent of my reading was like, I don't know if you remember the book, baby wise, the sleep or the sleep training, uh, book, which I don't, I don't love that, <laughs> that book. Now I look at it and I'm like, <laughs> oh man. Um, but you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, as a first time mom, I, my, my mom didn't have a whole lot of input on how to do any of it. You know, it was, she had hospital births as well. She didn't breastfeed, um, me or my sister. So there wasn't, you know, support there for that. 
she, cause she didn't do it herself. Um, yeah, I just, I think, yeah, completely lacking in all areas of, of education and being informed about anything. Like, I wish that I would have had somebody like you that I could have like gotten with known, like, here are what your options are. Here's what to expect. Like all of these different things to where from there I could have said, okay, like this is what I would, we feel, um, confident in that we would like as a family, um, you know, of course, like we can't control that, that outcome, but at least you're informed in a way where you know what in the world is going on, you know, and what your options are and, and being able to be educated in a way that you feel empowered and you feel informed and confident in, in those decisions. I mean, same thing with, uh, you know, like with Landry being at the hospital and, um, just with different procedures and things that they do after with the baby. Um, you know, I, I just always thought I didn't have a say in that. Like I have to do exactly what the doctor tells me. Like, I don't question that. Like, I just, this is what you do and like no ifs, ands or buts, you know? And, that's and just- it's interesting that like hearing that, because obviously like if you're in like a position where you don't know anything, you're going to trust anybody with any in- education that they have. So it's almost like, well, I don't know anything. So of course, like whatever they say, like, I'm sure is right, you know, and it probably is about like an 80%, a little bit more like true. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't have any education or don't know, like the what outs of whatever, you know, like, of course, you're going to like, you know, agree and be like, okay, come what may, you know, based off of what they say, you know, and so it's like, I understand why some moms feel like that. It's not even just like an intimidation process. It's just more of like, well, I don't know because I'm not educated, like either like what they are or I'm not, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing, you know? So I can see why you would still go into that situation knowing that because of the fact that there was no education beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So when you talked about cesarean, when you when that eventually ended up happening, were you familiar with cesarean sections? Like, was this something that you had known a little bit about, but as far as obviously you weren't expecting that to happen, but did you somewhat think like, okay, if I have a cesarean, this is what it's going to be. And this is how it's going to be after for me. Did you have any idea on that at all? Yeah. So I knew that, you know, C-section was a possibility. Um, but I, I did not know or fully understand the whole procedure or like the, just the intensity of it all. Um, I had in my mind, and I think what upset me the most was I had in my mind that if you have a C-section, like they have to completely knock you out. Like you don't get to see the baby. Like I had this in my mind of what was going to happen. That wasn't, what happened in my case, I was able to be awake and I had already had the epidural. Um, that was like a whole nother thing I forgot to add, but I did end up getting an epidural, um, along with the chaos. Um, and so was able to roll straight into, you know, the C-section, but, um, yeah, in terms of understanding fully the procedure, the recovery, like what all would happen, I didn't, I didn't know. I knew it was a possibility and it terrified me, but at the same time I was in this place of just pure exhaustion. And again, just like, 
I, I want what's best for my baby. And if you're telling me that this is a risk, like then I get her out, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, yeah, you kind of know that you've been in there for that long and you know, you know that, okay, this has got to do some type of, uh, physical or like damn, not necessarily damage, but it's, it's affecting my child like in some way, obviously. And you saw that when she was born, just purple kind of stress, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so you saw all of that. So at the same time, you're kind of like, well, I want, I don't want to put my kid through too much, you know, but at the same time, it's like, when you're at your most vulnerable moment, I feel like sometimes we see in situations where that is kind of taken advantage of, but it's like, but it's like, you're the one who set me up for this. You know what I mean? At the same time, but then also too, on our part as a patient, it's like, we also need to be like, we need to do our part to not set us up for those types of things. If it's not, if it's not necessary, you know what I mean? But yeah. So what from there, you talked a little bit about how, you know, your breastfeeding journey. And I think it's so funny sometimes. Well, I don't think it's like comical, but it's like this people who have not had breastfeeding experience or haven't even attempted or anything. They're so apt to give breastfeeding advice where it's like, not to say that they don't have an opinion because everybody has the right to say what they want in their own opinion, but normally families who have like, or you know, generational mothers who have gone solely to like formula, they expect breast, like breastfeeding mothers to act and do the same that a formula fed baby and mothers have done. So it's like this most intense pressure because it's like, well, that didn't happen to me. So if it's not happening to you, if it's not happening to you, then maybe you should switch to this. And it's like, don't give me advice about breastfeeding. If you (laughs) didn't even try it or like, you know, you didn't, you don't really know, you know, because they are two different things, but I want to know a little bit about from your experience of after the surgery, everything like that, what was your postpartum experience like, and how, what did it look like for you and your family now that things did not go according to plan? Yeah. So it was, I don't feel like any of any, with any of my kids, I had great postpartum, um, uh, really at all. Um, the first one, because I didn't know what I was doing was first kid. Um, you know, it, it was very much, uh, yeah, you're in this place of being depleted. You're exhausted. You're trying to recover. Um, and then add in on top of that, like trying to figure out how to take care of, you know, your first kid, um, and having zero experience there. Um, it was hard. It was, you know, lots of crying, lots of tears, lots of stress. I'm a pretty like high strung person anyways. And so, um, I just remember being like, so incredibly stressed. And then when she wouldn't, um, breastfeed well, which now knowing what we know, she was, had all kinds of oral ties, which I knew nothing about. Um, you know, it was one of those things where, well, I guess she just can't breastfeed. And so I'm just going to have to pump and do bottle. And there wasn't much, um, I didn't try super hard, you know, I did, I really didn't work with her much. I didn't know anything about the oral ties. So I did, I pumped for 
eight and a half months with her and did bottles. I, I mean, I feel like the pump queen now because I, <laughs> I yeah, I um, had like a full deep freeze full. I felt like a dairy cow. So that was like a good thing. I actually did produce, you know, very good milk and she got that for a lot of her life. But um, I just remember postpartum being tough because we had, well, and two factoring in not really having um, a community of women to kind of help come along and support me either. We were really far away from my family. We had just moved to a new city. Um, first kid, it was rough. It was rough. Um, so just, yeah, not really having a great support system, um, zero education around anything baby related. It was, it was stressful. Yeah. Every time I see you, um, doing your milking of your goats, I'm I'm like, brings you back girl. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, that's, it's hard, especially just as general as a first time mom, you, I think just mom in general, no matter how many kids you have, it's really hard to ask for help. It's really hard to, because you want to feel like the way I put it is like you, and I don't think people really say this, but it's like, you have this perception in your mind that people are going to say like, see, I told you. So I told you it was hard or I told you it was going to be hard. And so you're kind of afraid to like show your true authentic, like emotion or your true, like I'm struggling because I don't know how to do this, you know, Mm. or like, I don't know how to ask for help or the fact that, you know, sometimes when we go for support, people are like, well, I did it by myself. So you have to figure out and do it by yourself, which I feel like is not setting our generation up for success. And so it's like, I hope that, you know, people like you and I, and other people who are, you know, a part of this network too, is just that one that they would break that cycle, you know, just like, Hey, we know you don't know how to do this. So let's teach you how to do it. So that way you don't, you don't feel like this and you can ask for help or you know what to do, you know, yeah. and how I to take care like, of your baby. Yeah, no, I do feel like too, like and when you're in that state of, you know, just had your baby, all the, the hormones, the emotions, all the things. And then, you know, you think about even just from like a nutritional standpoint and like depletion and things like that, that happen a lot of times, like you're not in the capacity to be able to even tell somebody what you need. Cause you don't even know what you need, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that kind of adds in another layer to that of just like, um, yeah, like not even knowing, like, I know I need help, but I don't know how to tell you or, mm-hmm. or even communicate what I need because I'm like really in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least You're in awesome. my case, in my case, girl was in a bad way. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get that too, because you're just, I think the one thing you're just focused on, I remember feeling as a first time mom is like, how does everybody know what my baby is saying, but I don't, you know, cause you're just like, I would have people come over and be like, oh, he's tired. And I'm like, oh, he is like, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he was hungry, you know? And so it's just like, you think about all those things too. Cause you're like, man, I feel like I want to be able to do it on my own because this is my child and I want to be a good mom. But at the same time, you're like, I don't even know. All I know is he's crying and I don't know why, or like he's fed, he's got like a clean diaper and 
you know, I try and put him down, but he doesn't want to go to sleep, you know? So you're kind of like, what is going on? And so that whole aspect of like not being able to really even ask for help or know like how to even, like, where do I even go? Where do I even start? Cause all I know is that he's crying, you know? <laughs> yeah. So now that you, since then you've had two more births. Mm-hmm. And so Again, you've had a cesarean with your first. So now you are a in a completely different category when it comes to birth. Mm-hmm. You are now a cesarean mom. So tell us a little bit about that and kind of as far as, because just tell us a little bit about your second birth now that you are a cesarean mom. Yeah. So at the time we still lived in Houston, we used um, the same doctor for our second. And um, I remember going in when we found out we were pregnant with Britain and I had asked him like, okay, so can I do a VBAC um, this next scout, this next time around? And he was like, nope, I won't do it. He said it. Um, I we're not, it's too risky. And he said, since you had C-section first time around, like, I don't even offer it as an option. What was the, what was the interval of time? Like, because I think that's also important too, because it's like intervals of pregnancy are -hmm. very important when it comes to VBAC, like, especially when it comes to providers. So explain, I guess, tell us what the intervals of time between your first and your second pregnancy wise. Yeah. So there's five years in between my oldest and my middle I had miscarried in between, um, and, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I just remember him saying like, no, like this is not an option. Um, pretty much like you would need to find another doctor, um, that would maybe do it, but he, I remember him going through how much of a just risk that it was. Um, and so like for me in that moment, it was like, oh, well, if, the risk and like, you're telling me that this is not, this wouldn't be wise, then I'll just, I'll do a C-section second time around. So, um, yeah, we did, I, all three, all three kids were C-sections. And so, um, yeah, had a a C-section with the second. Um, I feel like that, I mean, obviously went into it more aware of the process and like what all would take place. But I do remember that being a stressful pregnancy just because of having that miscarriage in between. I was very just like fearful, very stressed, um, which is interesting because our middle daughter, um, even in just the, like her, she's got big emotions. She's, um, are sensitive. Like it's interesting, (laughs) like from a practitioner standpoint to look at my kids now and, and pay attention to their pregnancies and their births and see how it lines up with how they are today. Um, there are lots of, that's like a, again, like a whole nother can of worms to open. Um, I fully believe that because I tell people births and even pregnancies oftentimes tell you a little bit about who your child's going to be. Cause I mean, I resonate with that so much cause I see that too. So I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And so like now we do, we're, we try to do lots of just like reprogramming of our nervous system and all the things now, because it's like, you know, so much of, um, 
the way that you are as a mom, like, uh, during your pregnancy and just like trauma and stress and all of those things absolutely affect the birth process. They affect like your child and and the way that they, um, their nervous systems are regulated and all of that again, like a whole nother topic for another day, but it is interesting. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel like probably out of all three births, um, my second, um, yeah, just like being really, like I said, fearful, um, stressed during her, during her pregnancy. Um, now she did breastfeed well. Um, she was my only kid that did breastfeed well. Um, and that too is even interesting to see like the bond that we have and how different that was with the first and the third, just with like the breastfeeding piece. Um, and like not having to pump and do all the things like that made for a more chill <laughs> postpartum too. Not to say that like, I mean, there's, there's just times when that needs to happen. Um, but it it's was just super it, convenient. It, You're like, you hungry? All right, come here. All like, right. We're at dinner. Come on. <laughs> wash all this stuff. And oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of how it went with her. There wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything. I mean, it was scheduled it, went in, did it and you're done. I mean, within two hours, I mean, she's here. So very different experience from the first, but it, it definitely was a cesarean. Um, yeah. Cause I just didn't believe that I had, I could have any other option there. Yeah. So this time around, because of your last experience, were you some, did you educate yourself as far as when it came to like cesarean and the recovery and things like that? Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think just basically education was, I had experienced it. Sorry. I got something stuck in my throat. (laughs) I had experienced it and kind of knew what to expect. Um, And so I I didn't really do any additional education. No, but it's interesting five-year gap, um, the differences in hospital procedures, um, you know, whereas like Landry, I had to lay in the bed for a good 24 hours after having her. Um, and they wouldn't let you go home from the hospital until you had uh, your first bowel movement. And I remember, I mean, we were in the hospital for, I believe it was five days, six days in the hospital. Because again, remember I labored for the 48 hours and then had the day oh, yeah, yeah. recovery after. Um, whereas with Britain, they had me like up out of that bed within six hours, like after the C-section. And just like I said, the different procedures and things that were set in place. I mean, so much changed in that five-year gap. Um, so yeah, I, it was different <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I feel like too, it's like, you already know, okay, this is how the recovery looks like because you not because you experienced it. So it was almost like, okay, I know I'm going to be down for the count this many weeks versus obviously somebody who didn't have a cesarean. I mean, cause I, you know, everybody on this podcast knows my story and it was like the recovery from cesarean is so much more of a longer process than a vaginal. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I'm sure you were well aware of and expecting that versus the first time we were like, oh, shoot, this is not what I planned. But also like I did not plan for the recovery to be this rough on, 
you know, physically on my body, you know? So, so, well, that's awesome. Okay. Well, not awesome that, you know, everything that you say, like in your birth story, I'm like, you know, my like little birth alarms are going off because I'm like, the interval to pregnancy. I mean, five years, that's a long time. And still that your provider was like, no, it's a risk. And it was like, nowadays they still consider not having any births or pregnancies between 18 and 24 months because of the risk. But if you've had more than that, then providers are still kind of like, yeah, maybe, I mean, we can try, you know, but they're a little bit more like surgery happy in those cases. But at the same time, the fact to me, I'm like, the fact that you even asked is like, I'm just like, you were brave on asking me. <laughs> like they were going to straight up say no. But at the same time, it's like with sometimes it's like people just don't know that it's like you don't have to like you don't have to ask. You say we're going to try for a vaginal birth. That's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. You and know? I think that, yeah, I, so important, like so much of what I, I know now, I wish I would have implemented back then, but it's like knowing that you are like, they work for you. Like you get to make the choice. And like, if they're going to be like that, like, bye, I'll go find somebody else. You know, like I, I wish I would have known that now when I had Bowen, my youngest, um, I still, we had moved back to our small hometown and, um, I had him in Fort Worth. And so great. I love this doctor, adore him. Um, and, but I felt so much more, I mean, this is around the time that I really started to question a lot of things of why I was doing what I was doing. Um, you know, felt a lot more confident to be able to go into this and like, nope, this is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. Um, and so even though I had had a cesarean the third time around, eat like procedures and things after, um, even going into the surgery. Um, I just felt very confident in telling them like what we are and are not going to do and just kind of put my foot down about it. And, and I'm so thankful, um, just understanding that, Hey, this is our decision and like, we're going to stand our ground and, um, you know, and, and this is what we, we want to happen. And, um, so yeah, by, by third, third time's a charm, <laughs> really started to like actually question things and really just become confident in, in making those decisions, you know? Um, so, yeah. And I think with asking questions and I think, you know, this is mainly what, you know, my podcast is about. It's just, that's the one thing I say with like going into birth, ask questions, you know, because it's like just asking questions alone, not necessarily like, oh, because I'm reading a ton of books. It's like, of course, I encourage that any mom to read because there are really a lot of great resources out there book wise to learn from, but it starts just by asking questions, mm-hmm. ask like, is this normal? If it's not normal, then why, you know, or like, can I actually have a VBAC? Well, how and why, you know, so it just, it all starts with questions. And so that I'm a huge advocate for ask, ask them, you know, ask, you know, ask the questions, like ask as many questions as you can, because that's really where it starts. So you having the, even the idea of like, really started to ask questions. Like that's where a lot of this confidence of like, 
know, we know what we want to do. And I know what my instinct is saying, because I think sometimes moms, when it comes to birth, a lot of times we're like, oh, your instincts will kick in. And it's like, well, what does that look like? What, what are my instincts, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, if you don't even know it, how to nurture or build up your instincts, then you're not really going to know what they are. You're not going to know like how to really rely on that or your mom gut. And so it's all starts with asking questions and getting the information that you need, you know, to be able to make an informed decision based off of what your instincts and what your mom gut and wisdom is telling you to do, because that is not going to fail. I mean, mom gut is a huge real thing. And I mean, it all gets nurtured by asking questions, you know, to just like some encouragement because I'm very much um, to a people pleaser. I don't like confrontation. And so when you, you know, come into these conversations that are hard conversations where you are asking questions and you're, you know, trying to find out information, like, and being able to understand, like there are um, multiple different options. It's important to be informed on what those options are to, and then based on those, you're able to, like you said, make an informed decision of like, this is what lines up with us as a family and our convictions, Um, you know, but to going in prepared to where, when you do have that pushback, you know, and you're confident with like, I've done the research, I've asked the questions, I know what we've decided as a family. And therefore, like, I'm, you're less easily swayed to kind of be put in that that fearful mindset that often is, or that guilt or that shame that, um, sometimes is, is portrayed on you. And I really like even going in with our third, um, there were certain things that my husband and I had talked about. And I specifically told him like, you have to help me like stand my ground because you know (laughs) I am. And you know, that like, I will literally like, if someone is making me feel If someone is making me feel, um, like, Hey, you're a bad mom. If you don't do X, Y, Z, um, then like, I will literally, I'll just like break down and cry and like, okay, like I'll do whatever you tell me to. But I, like I said, I, I communicated that with my husband and said, Hey, like you have to help me stay in my ground here. And, um, because I know that there was going to be pushback, um, and ultimately he was able to be there that support for me that I needed, um, to be able to help me, um, you know, advocate for us and for me and the baby, you know? And, uh, so yeah, if that is you like go in with your, your plan of like, okay, this is, this is what it is. And if I need to have somebody help <laughs> keep me <laughs> and like, help me stand my ground, then like you, you're going in prepared for that. Um, and, and believe I, me, we got some pushback the third time around, but I did stand well, my ground. Come, come at me, come at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so thankful, you know, I'm so thankful. So yeah, just some encouragement. Like if you're anything like me in that way, like you get to make the decision. Yeah. And I think too, just you, even starting off saying like, I'm a very type a we're planning a plan. Cause I think too, like, that's like, so like you plan, you plan obviously to have your baby and you plan accordingly, but it's like, obviously, like you said, we can't control everything that happens. And ultimately, you know, it's really in the Lord's hands, you know, what the result is, you know, 
but going in prepared is just the education process behind that, that you do either on your own or hiring someone like me who goes through all that overwhelming information and condenses it and goes over your plan, provides the education for your plan, but then also prepares you for what you did not plan. <laughs> so that way it doesn't set you up for, you know, um, birth trauma or a really hard transition into postpartum or, you know, just those types of things. So not even for the sake of like preparing because you're going to have, cause some providers are great. They're like, yeah, for sure. You know, we can totally do this. And that's great in those instances, but there's a lot of people out there. That's like, sometimes they just don't know. And they don't know either. They know the education, but they also just don't know how to stand their ground. You yeah. know, <laughs> they don't know how to, um, fight. And, but to me, that just tells me that the system, the institution is making it really hard for parents to do that. And ethically, as we talked in our previous episodes, we talked about how unethically wrong it is, but it's like, but parents are like, they don't know how to fight, but people who are not educated also have a little bit of a disadvantage because it's like, they just don't know what to say no to or how to say no to it without being difficult or, you know, impossible or, you know, coming off as like being combative. You know what I mean? But at the same time, we also don't want to be compliant to everything if we feel like it's not necessary or it doesn't really align with, you know, what we agree to be the right thing, you know? So, so knowing what you know now and all the births that you had, what is one thing that you wish you would have known before going into not necessarily all your births, but going in from start to whatever that might be before going into birth, basically that, you know, now. Yeah. I think just like, I think I mentioned earlier, just like understanding and knowing what my options were. Um, I mean, I, I, I had no idea and I just kind of had in my mind, like, Oh, you see these people or these women, like, giving birth on a a TV show and they're literally just sitting in the bed and here comes the baby, you know, like that's what I had in my mind of like, this is, this is what you do. I mean, even with Landry, like that, when we went in to get induced early, like I'm literally just sitting in the bed, like waiting, like, can I get up and move around? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I can I get a menu up in here? Like, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I think it's like overall, like I wish that I would have had someone like you that I could say, okay, like help me understand, like tell me what my different options are, like educate me in this way to where I then could say, okay, at least I know, like here's, here's what I like actually what you do and what options you have. You know, (laughs) I think that's the biggest thing is just is knowing that. Yeah. And that's like something I think everybody should, I think there's everybody at the end of their births always have something that they're like, I wish I would have known this. I wish I wouldn't have known that. And as we have more children, I even see that in myself. Like, I wish I would have focused more on this. I mean, we talked about that baby wise, like sleep training Uh, and stuff and how like significant from when I started, you know, what my opinions were about that versus now, I mean, I'm going into having my fourth and it's like everything that I, from my first birth, even I'm just like, 
I don't care. I'm going to hold that baby as, as much as I yep. want. You know what I mean? And you just think about things like there are things like I wish I would have listened to. I wish I would have listened to my mom get in these ways. So you mm-hmm. kind of just, I think everybody has that, you know, where there's something about their birth that they learn and every birth teaches us something different. And wow. I think our kids all teach us something different, you know, every time. So I think it's good that, you know, and to not even sit in the place of like, I regret not doing it. It's just knowing that, like, cause I remember helping one couple and they were like, we felt so bad because our baby went through all these things at like the first six weeks that they were born. And I just remember sitting there and telling them, but you guys knew how to help him. Like, that's important that like you helped him. You literally helped him. And that is the best thing that you could do for him. Cause you knew you guys were prepared to look for these signs and you guys were given and were sought out the support and actually used it, you know, mm-hmm. and so you guys were able to help him. And so just rejoicing and knowing that like every time as parents and as moms, like we're helping like our families to be better and we're helping our motherhood transition into being, you know, the best that we can in these postpartum recovery seasons to be a little bit more better. And so we should be, we should rejoice in that knowing that like those little wins are like where we need to like have rest and peace in versus like, I wish I would have just done better. You know, it's like, because everything, every time it's going to teach you something on how to be better. We just need to focus on those small victories and knowing that from here on out, we know what to do. And that's, that's good. That's where we need to be is knowing that we have a solution and we can move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Casey, I'm so thankful that you came on here and shared all of your birth stories and just all the information. It was just so great to listen to and just hear the in-depth and all the information that you had as far as like what you learned and it was great. So thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what type of services that you can offer them and everything like that. Yeah. So I am on Instagram. Um, it's just, my handle is at wholesome made simple. Um, on Instagram, I have a Facebook group, um, wholesome made simple. Um, so yeah, that's where you'll, you'll find me, um, in terms of social media. Um, yeah, I work with clients one-on-one, um, over a six month time frame. Uh, we do some in-depth, um, functional lab testing, and I really help customize a protocol for them to be able to work through um, just depending on whatever uh, health concerns that they may have and really just come alongside them and support them uh, through their health journey. Um, So yeah, you can find me there. Well, cool. Awesome. And you do have an awesome Facebook group too, where you share a bunch of different recipes, correct? Yes. Yep. Lots of recipes, educational resources, Um, I've actually had Amanda on there to do an interview. There's some just different interviews that I've had with um, people within um, functional medicine type world. Um, So yeah, you can find lots of resources there for sure. I'd love to have you over there. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is it for today. Thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. 
Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut, because wisdom will guide you, and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.